listening to Bingeworthy, the episodic television and long-form narrative conversation on the Playlist Podcast Network and theplaylist.net. Here's your host, Kimber Myers. Hello and welcome to Bingeworthy, the TV podcast at The Playlist. I'm your host, Kimber Myers, and with me today I have Kevin Jaggernaut, the managing editor at The Playlist. Hi, Kevin. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Good. Glad to have you. So we're going to talk about two shows that are currently airing that Kevin and I are both watching, and uh, hopefully some of you guys are watching too. I'm sure a lot of you are watching the first of those two. So we're first going to dive into HBO's Mammoth Westworld, and then we're also going to chat about Sundance TV's tiny critical favorite, Rectify. So they're two shows that really could not be more different in terms of their scope, budget, viewership, um, a lot of what's going on there. So hopefully we'll um, kind of get to dive in a bit with Westworld with a number of the um, the things that fans are talking about and then introduce more people to, to the lovely drama Rectify. So uh, just to dive into Westworld first, to give people an idea of the basic premise for people who are unaware, it's based on Michael Crichton's 1973 film, and it's set in a futuristic theme park that's made to look like the Old West down to every teeny tiny detail. Uh, Visitors interact with hosts who appear real in every way, but are actually robots that are then taken in for service at the park's headquarters when uh, either they start to fail or when they are inevitably killed by the uh, the visitors to the park who seem to really revel in in the violence. So, um, Kevin, you reviewed the the first four episodes, was it, for the playlist? Uh, yeah, they sent the first four before the uh, show started. Cool. And uh, you're caught up on the... So right now, when we're recording, they've put out six episodes. Yes, and I'm all I'm all caught up, and we should probably say it'll be spoilers ahead. I would assume. Yeah, I think this one's going to be really tough yeah. to talk about without any spoilers. <laughs> so um, yeah, right. I think that the warning has been made. Uh, exit now if if you don't want to. exit now and go go watch the show. I think is the exactly the advice. Um, yeah. So, what do you think of the show overall, and how has your idea of it changed at all in those additional two episodes since your 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 review i know that's always tough for me where i review Mm. it and it's only like half of the this the season it's um it's been a really fun and fascinating show to watch um and i think it's what's making it exciting is that it's actually getting more interesting and more layered um each week and I think there's a version of this show where the premise is used for um, uh, cheap thrills, I think, where where the sex and violence is just mm-hmm. there to sort of, um, you know, for, to titillate or to or for ratings or for whatever. But I think the sort of the sort of uh, the genius of the approach is that Westworld it, it almost seems to be like a commentary on storytelling itself. And sort of what audiences bring to a story and what they want to see play out. Um, and so that's been very interesting to watch. I think, you know, last week there was a, a I can't, I think it was the week before actually, where they had the, the big orgy sequence. Yes. 
And there was a there was a lot of talk, and for me, there was a lot of sort of um, sort of reflexive sort of tweets when it was airing, where people are like, "Oh, look, now HBO is doing the the um, here's all the nudity that everyone expects on HBO and, and that and that sort of thing." But like that was like the least sexy orgy I have ever seen. Like for me, like that sequence was really about how dehumanized the the guests of that park are exactly it was i did not find it erotic at all um despite all of the the pretty naked people uh, Mm -hmm. and it's it's such a cold show overall although i think that they've it's been adding more human touches as as the episodes have gone along particularly with the evolution of a few of the hosts, particularly Maeve, played by Tandy Newton, mm-hmm. and um, and Dolores, played by um, Evan Rachel Wood, and that's I think the first episode, couple of episodes for me were it was a little bit slower to get into. I was intrigued intellectually and thought it was gorgeous, but wasn't yet really emotionally involved in the show. And then I think around episode three, I was like, all right, I'm I'm in it. <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's true. It, the fir- that was my main, actually, one of my main criticisms when I reviewed the show uh, before it aired was that the first two episodes were kind of wonky. Like a, a lot of those episodes were really spending a lot of time establishing the premise of the show, but there was mm-hmm. no connection to the characters. But um, the revolving, I, I find that it's actually evolving really quickly, um, faster than I thought it would. My, one of my biggest concerns was that Westworld might turn out to be another Lost, where there's just like a lot of mysteries and clues thrown out that just never get addressed. Yeah. But I, one of the things that's really satisfying is that we're getting answers kind of quickly to a lot of things, and it kind of makes it that much more exciting to, to watch because you're not sitting there waiting weeks on end to see are are they are they going to resolve this are they not is this just a dead end it feels like every piece of the puzzle is there for a reason that we're not just sort of being led led by the hand down a a path that goes really nowhere (laughs) yeah that's that is always a fear and especially like i know jj abrams isn't perhaps as involved as the shoot to showrunners uh, Jonathan Nolan and, and Lisa Joy, but mm. as as a big Lost fan, but also someone who lost sleep over it, <laughs> um, I'm I'm glad that we're we're getting some answers, and yet the the mystery is expanding, and it's still it's interesting beyond the questions that they're asking, both in terms of those that are specific to the plot and puzzles of the show, but also the larger questions about humanity and technology and violence and sex right um but also i'm just i'm really getting into these characters and the performances are fantastic across the board i think uh i wouldn't go across the board (laughs) who are you gonna pick at i'm actually my main uh issue with the show is i think all the actors are really good Except a lot of the actors sort of inside the facility are kind of awful. Like the, I can um, see that. <laughs> there's that, uh, the guy who plays the head of narrative, yeah. like he's so over the top in every scene. Like I find it just takes me out of the show. 
to a certain degree. He's uh, not the best part. No, <laughs> no. And I think I'm sure they're going to do more with her character, but I'm kind of disappointed so far with. Um, um, I'm sure I'm going to pronounce her name horribly wrong, but oh, the Danish actress. Yeah, the Dan- Danish actress who plays uh, Teresa. Like she's real. She's a great actress. She's great on Borgen. Uh, she's terrific but uh so far not much happening with her although in episode six we see that there's really something more going on with her um so yeah it promote but most of the performances are really good those are my exceptions but i mean to your point i mean anthony hopkins this is the best role he's had i can't even remember when he's had a role this good in recent memory ed harris is great uh james marsden who i usually don't think about it all like he's yeah. really good uh i think rachel wood is like 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 they really the tricky part i can't imagine like evan rachel wood especially she walks just to balance all these things between being a host being a character who becomes aware that something is wrong and she does it on a really subtle level like there's so many things going on with her performance that's really great to watch yeah it's very detailed and i like that she and the Tandy Newton character Maeve are both becoming more self-aware, but the way that that is manifesting in their performances is totally different and is just really engrossing to watch. Um, I think they're they're doing wonderful work there, and yeah, James Marsden. I'm I have always had a soft spot for him, and at first I was <laughs> excited. Where I mean, like for years I had to look up and I was like oh yeah I watched James Marsden in this terrible show Second Noah back in the 90s Mm. (laughs) Um, but it's at first I was like oh it's great to see him it looks like he's not going to be the uh, the also ran here like he's been in X-Men and The Notebook and Enchanted but um, but yeah I guess with the the coupling that we're seeing between uh, Evan Rachel Woods, Dolores, and Jimmy Simpson's character. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. How do you feel about? So there, there's two more distinct storylines of you have Jimmy Simpson's William and Ben Barnes Logan, who are kind of very literally the black and and white hat uh, visitors going through the park, um, and Logan right. is the more experienced of the two visitors and certainly the more dickish of the two (laughs) both in his treatment of William and very much in his treatment of the hosts um, which has been interesting to watch so it's that storyline paralleling with um, I guess a few of the others do you have does one of them interest you more than than the other ones you kind of in it for all of it Uh, I'm kind of in it for all of it the the nice thing about the show is that uh this isn't the kind of show you're kind of where you have like a, like 10 minutes where you're kind of waiting for one storyline to end so you can get back to the other one. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of really fascinating and they all sort of interlock into like a, in a, in address a greater thematic, uh, whole that I think, uh, uh, Jonathan Nolan and, uh, Lisa Joy are trying to get to, um, it's, it's kind of interesting to enjoy a show that has a very dark, uh, I think it has a pretty dark uh, observation on humanity. I don't think it, it views people very well. 
No. <laughs> our ability to like rein in our baser tendencies. And so it, it's kind of, we're kind of curious because uh, right now there's not much, you don't see much in the, in the terms of hope, in terms of humans, except maybe in Jeffrey Wright's character because yeah. he, he's really conflicted in a lot of things. And he has a really fascinating backstory with his son, um, his relationship with Teresa, and like trying to manage the always enigmatic Dr. Ford. Um, but yeah, I'm in it for all of it. And I, I, I just really find it fascinating how they're addressing just what, just how they observe how people behave. I mean, it's, I mean, like I said, it's pretty dark. Yeah. Um, that I think was the struggle for me too, initially in that first episode or two where it was so cynical so bleak and not that it's necessarily lessened in that regard because I still Mm. think it is um it is very harsh and perhaps deservingly so in its uh in its look at humanity but um, I think as the characters are developed more there's um another layer there that's that's really um really enjoyable to watch even if it's it's certainly I, I think it's fun that the it, the show is commenting on escapism and I don't think that to me at least it doesn't qualify so much as escapism because it is so engaging mentally and also pretty dark it's not something where I'm like oh I'm just gonna you know I had a rough day at work I'm gonna sit back and watch an episode <laughs> of Westworld <laughs> but right no you know I think the common comparison I've heard is that it's like um the sort of television version of like Grand Theft Auto where you can where you have this world where all these crazy outrageous things are happening where people are just blowing off steam but like to your point it is a really intense thing to sort of sit through an episode it's there's a lot going on but I think there are glimmers of hope in um in Jimmy Simpson's character like you know there's another version of the story where he just goes right along with with Logan and they both Mm -hmm where he just becomes debased right away, but he's really resisting it, which is kind of interesting to watch. And the man in black, we know that he has on the outside world, some kind of charity he runs. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's like a really interesting little kernel of information that I think is, might get more interesting as, a, as the show goes on. Yeah. Is there kind of, giving those pieces of information out one by one, I, I just feel like I'm getting drawn more and more into it. And I, I think it's dealing with some really interesting questions. I mean, I think it's, I like the comparison to Westworld as Westworld, the park uh, versus the show as uh, kind of a, a futuristic grand theft auto. And, mm. you know, I we're certainly meant to look at, Ben Barnes Logan with disgust and see him as a terrible character but how how different is he than people playing games like that and it's to him it's just as fake as as that level of a video game so um, I, I think it's asking some really interesting questions there also around the I, I think it was in your review. I've read a lot in the last couple of days about it kind of falling into that hole of, <laughs> um, um, of usually the question around um, media that deals with the Isaac, Isaac Asimov's uh, 
robots and the rules surrounding those is that it's more about how the robots react to humans versus how the humans react to the robots, which is definitely one of the show's central questions is how do we treat, how do we treat these, these creations and what does that say about us? Right. And also if we're building something that is in our image, you know, what is that image going to be? Yeah. And what we're seeing is like all the, all the flaws and complexities and, and desires and, and everything that a person has, like how do you, you can't manage that. I think that's what the show is maybe trying to drive to at some point is that you, you can't manage those things. And we're, and, and, you know, like, uh, there's also the whole other thread about, um, you know, if you're participating in a park like this, at what at one point does your your own humanity become compromised? Um, if you're just giving in to like your base desires without any kind of consequence, um, yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot going on with this show, and it, it it's fascinating. Yeah, it, it definitely rewards deeper viewing and 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 conversations around it. I think that there's a lot there. I did want to ask you one. Um, one last question about this mm. one. Um, so the music of the show, especially since you are a musician, what are your thoughts on right. the use of Radiohead and other more modern music in a show like this? I love it. I, like, yeah, I think it's super <laughs> clever. Uh, yeah. The player piano thing, like it, I, I totally enjoy it. And even when like song choices are like really on the nose, uh-huh. like, like it still gets a pass for me. Like, I, I think it's just... It adds a bit of levity sometimes to like what's going on. Although the um, the fake plastic trees uh, mm-hmm. use of that was like really surprisingly powerful. I thought I thought so too. <laughs> like really kind of moving, um, but I love it. I think they I think that was really smart. And the way and the way they use it with the player piano and to underscore various themes or events in the episodes is is great. I, yeah, no complaints. Yeah, I I really like it. I think that it works well um, from a thematic perspective. It also is just this little, in a show that while there are little things that are funny or, or interesting, certainly interesting, um, for me it's been these tiny moments of joy, fi- mm. hearing like the first tinklings of the, the piano and, and figuring out, I was like, oh, especially that, that one in the pilot where I was like, Oh, this is what we're doing. I, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. I had the same reaction, and uh, and then it was actually the second time they cut. They had another song on the piano. I was like, oh, this is this is like what the thing is going to be for the show. Yeah, and that was I was totally on board because I think it needs. It's a nice texture, but like you said, it's just like it's not funny per se, but it's it it just it just lessens the sort of darkness slightly. Yeah. in a nice way so yeah i really like it yeah it's uh it's working for me and the darkness to me i mean i'm i'm a little bit of a, a sci-fi nerd and it's i've loved the kind of of star trek's roddenberry's take on the future where it's um not necessarily a utopia but we've gotten rid of all of these 
various issues in in human existence like poverty and greed and mm. and things like that and that is definitely not the case in uh, in Westworld so <laughs> I'll I'll be curious to see see how dark it goes and uh yeah this is one I I will find it difficult to to give up if it keeps up at this this pace and this level yeah for sure uh, so let's transition from a show that I feel like everybody is watching and talking about to a show that sadly uh, no one really watches, um, though it does have its devoted fans. Uh, so Rectify is on Sundance TV, which I'm sure is is part of the uh, the issue there that people aren't mm. as as aware of of the network since it's still pretty small. Um, and if you haven't watched it yet, the first three seasons are available on Netflix and you are in for such a treat. Um, the basic premise is that uh, there's a character, Daniel Holden, played by Aiden Young, who was on death row for 19 years until he was cleared of the rape and murder of his high school girlfriend. Uh, and he returns home to the small town of Polly, Georgia, um, and really struggles to integrate back into uh, both the larger community as well as even his own family um, from being in prison and isolated on death row for so long. It uh, began its fourth and final season last month in October. And so I think that they've aired two episodes and two episodes yeah and i've watched yeah. the first four um so i have a little a little bit of insight and i can't wait the story for the you only watched you've watched the first sorry how many uh the first four that were available for oh press. wow Jeez, um, okay so i'm cheating a little bit <laughs> no that's great i would have too <laughs> i'll uh, i'll try not to to give too many spoilers although not that rectify is really about spoilers in fact like the no. The central, any other show, the central question would be, did Daniel actually commit this murder? And while it's something that the show engages with, it's not the most interesting thing about it, I don't think. <laughs> no, not at all. I totally agree. Um, you know, I actually watched all three seasons, like, in October, like, oh, before wow. season four started. Um, and which really struck me, and I think... Uh, this is a show if you haven't watched it, um, especially with the election and all and everything that's happening in the United States, it actually feels like a relevant show in the sense that this is a show that you're right. It's not about did he or didn't he do it. It's really a show about, I for me, empathy. It's about Completely. learning to con- to connect with people who you might have vast differences with. It's about forgiveness. It's about so many things. And I think, you know, I read your um, your season four review, and um, I'm going to paraphrase it badly, um, but the line <laughs> that really struck out, that really jumped out at me, was you wrote something along the lines that, you know, it's a show that moves between, like, grace and heartbreak, like, sometimes in the same moment. Like, it's, it's, it's just sort of this beautifully written piece about, I don't know, just just sort of the everyday struggle to connect when, especially when you, when you feel like such an outsider. Um, I think that's a, that's a theme that would resonate with a lot of people. 
Absolutely. I I love the fact, too, that it's a show that I feel equally comfortable recommending to my TV nerd friends who binge watch every episode of the shows that that people really consider essential um, and just really is interesting in a variety of ways that I think can really appeal to people who are watching a lot of TV and give them something different. Um, And also even to like I mean, not that my parents don't watch a lot of TV. They, they live in the Midwest. That's what people do. That's where I'm from. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it's one that I've recommended to my parents as well. I like that it's the show that really is doing something very interesting and different. And yet it's not aggressive or really trying to, to test its audience. And I particularly appreciate um, it's the way that it, engages with faith in, mm, yeah. in a way that isn't really evident anywhere else on on TV. I think that it's especially on a network like Sundance TV that is pretty progressive and and yet the show that they make I think is um incredibly it, dealing with what you said earlier about empathy that it is very much about empathy and sealing faith through through people's lives who who really rely on faith so much to get through the day and um i just it doesn't make fun of it in any way but it also doesn't cast judgments on on really anyone in the in the in the cast of characters uh regardless of what they believe so i just it's it just is the most soulful show on Mm. on television and i felt very similarly watching Rectify as I did um, watching and then rewatching Moonlight. I think. Oh wow! Yeah. While it's different in some ways, I mean, both are set in the South, but I think they're both really dealing with loneliness and isolation, um, and there are just these tiny moments of wonder um, on in both pieces, in both Rectify and in Moonlight that are about those tiny joys in life, but also just the the heartbreak that, that you can experience on on a grand scale. And so those are, I mean, they're both two of my favorite pieces of media this year. So I everybody yeah. should watch both of them. <laughs> you yeah, and I, and I completely agree with your with your point on how it portrays um, faith uh, because um, Tani, played by Adelaide Clemens. It, it for me is one of the most interesting characters on that show. She's great. And her like first, um, the actress, her performance is amazing. Um, but that character is so well written, and it does something that I honestly have not. I can't really say I've ever seen this on TV, at least in recent memory. It's a she's someone who is very faithful, mm-hmm. but the show doesn't judge her faith. She's not one dimensional. And it chronicles in a very real way the struggles you have as if you're someone who has faith and there's trouble in your life and how you try and like correlate these two things, um, you know, being devout and, and and wondering like how how come these things are happening to you um, and why these feelings are coming up and why your marriage is falling apart or all these things. Yeah. And, it, and it does it in such an intelligent way that that's really respectful of people of faith and people who who like you said they use it as something to help them get through their lives and i think that's a really um great part of that show 
And um, and you're right. This isn't a show that's flashy. There's no big, there's no orgy scenes. Uh, there's no. Like, <laughs> I don't know. We've this... got a couple episodes left. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, it's it stands out because it's actually so quiet. Yeah. It is really such a quiet show, um, which is not to say it moves slowly or anything like that. But you know, we're in the fourth season. I think a few months have passed in narrative time. Like it's not a lot of time. Not so at it's all. really it's really hyper focused and very intimate. But within that there's this whole world of um emotions and and really complex character stuff that uh like if you're not watching the show, like I don't know where else you're getting it because it's it's really rare yeah, to find. It is. It's a really beautiful, special show and it's for, for those kind of debating taking the plunge, it's not a big commitment. It's only three short seasons with this fourth season just starting. So you, you, you're you in for a treat and it won't even take up that much time. And you'll be like, why aren't there more episodes? But And I don't know about anyone else, but like just keep Kleenex nearby. Oh, God. Because the show, the emotional punches of the show really come out of nowhere. Yeah. Like seeing, like it, it's the thing where I was watching the first episode of the fourth, of the fourth season. Um, and there's this, uh, um, or maybe it was a second episode, but there's this great scene where, where Daniel, I'm not going to, I guess, give up too much away, but he's talking with, um, uh, oh, gosh, his that scene. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just this extended conversation, um, about everything he's dealing with having come out of being on death row and trying to form himself in the world and it's it's honestly probably the best piece of tv writing i've watched this year because they play it out in a really it's a really nice long extended scene and it's not manipulative and it hits every emotional button in such a pure honest way and it's i don't know like like that for me was just i don't know like un- unbelievable and the whole show is like that it has these moments where um where characters talk to each other like they have real conversations and out of those things come these very real um moments and emotions and it's it, it really is unlike anything else yeah it's it's one where i i feel like just every episode something small is going to get me and it's like you were saying it's not something that you necessarily ever predict um I think it might be I'm not sure whether it was the second episode or one of the later ones but I got verklempt watching a poker game (laughs) yeah totally yeah I'm like that doesn't happen like what other show does that but then I've also laughed hysterically there was an episode last season where they were I think it was the finale where um they were just the family was teasing each other about who got to eat the apple fritter. And it was just really lovely and felt very true and was just wonderful. And I mean, beyond the obvious love of, of apple fritters, which is (laughs) the only correct way to feel. Um, And and, you know, this, yeah. And this is another show where across the board, the performances are so good. So good. Yeah. Like Aiden Young is, is remarkable. Uh, Like I mentioned before, Adelaide Clemens is great. Um, and even, uh, Abigail Spencer as, um, the sister in a role that could be kind of one dimensional and really sort of like uh, flinty, 
She finds a lot of really great stuff in there. And I think Luke Kirby is kind of super underrated as the lawyer. He's great. Yeah. So again, like these are all actors that I think, I hope people are paying attention that when the show ends, we're giving them some good roles to go on to because they're, they're all great. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll be curious too what the showrunner Ray McKinnon does next. He's created Mm. this four season kind of perfect thing um, and has done some interesting work in the past, both as a, a director, I think of some short films as well as, as an actor. And um, this sells me on anything that he'll do in the future. I'm like, I, I am there, Ray McKinnon. So. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> um, well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Um, so you guys can get out and start to watch rectify at the very least. Um, thank you, Kevin, for joining me today. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes and you can also find the podcast posted on our home, theplaylist.net. On iTunes, please subscribe and consider leaving a comment or rate our pod. All feedback is appreciated. You can find me at the creatively titled at Kimber Myers, M-Y-E-R-S, on Twitter, and we'll see you next time.